welcome to That American Football Show, powered by EP Sports. EP Sports is one of the top suppliers in the UK for all your NFL or equipment needs. Check them out today at epsports.co.uk. Uh, please give us a comment, a like, and a subscribe if you like what we're putting out. It really does help us. Uh, but week five is behind us. Uh, we've had our first London game. Me and Craig were down there having a good time. Uh, one more coming up. Uh, we're three of uh, two of another, me and Tim. Sorry, Craig's not coming out. <laughs> Um, but first, we get into some juicy news, which probably the biggest bit of news this season, probably all, all season, I'd guess, uh, is John Gruden, the man who uh, signed, what was it, 10-year, 100-mil contract. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth or fifth year of it? Fourth. Fourth year. He has resigned uh, due to um, results coming out of the investigation into the Washington football team. Uh, where they essentially found like misogynistic and homophobic comments um, towards Goodall and other people in the league. Uh, we won't get too far into them, but there's a lot of arguments that Gruden is just the scapegoat to keep everyone else off of it. But I mean, let's let's go. You, Tim, how do you feel about it? Uh, it's the right decision. You resigned or should have been fired. Uh, it shows the NFL once again not acting quickly enough. If they knew this stuff was here, there, why didn't they? do something about it. Uh, I'm not going to say it was the wrong decision. It is totally the right decision. You shouldn't be in the league. You shouldn't be on TV anymore. But why not release everything else they found? It can't just be that one thing. If they're investigating the Washington Redskins, as they were then, sorry, uh, and they've got 65,000 emails that, that they were concerned with, why don't they release that? Everything else they've ever done, for example, the Patriots deflate gate, they released a 600-page report. The, the investigation into Washington, they've just gone, now nah, forget about it, it's done. We're not releasing anything else. So uh, that's it. You know, Raiders now have to move on. I don't think I've ever been so deflated about the Raiders as I am right now because I don't know where they go from here. They're just going to get another retread coach at the end of the season, Derek Carr. If I was Derek Carr, I'd be asking for a trade out of there because I don't know what's going to happen with that franchise now. Yeah, it's pretty pretty huge on the Raiders, and and as you were touched on there, I'm I'm part of the conspiracy gang that Dan Snyder is is still one of the worst owners in the league, which is pretty easy to prove. But they're protecting their own; they're not going to get rid of him. But if they released everything, it would be pretty clear and dry. He needs to go. But you can't really set the. I mean, they already have in the past, but the precedent of just taking out bad owners, I think they're very cautious of it. And Goodell was personally named by Gruden, so it was a bit of a, I want to get yeah, my... I think, I think you can take what Gruden did out of it, because that was just wrong, and he should be gone. He should have been fired. He shouldn't even be allowed to resign. He should have been fired. But there's so many double standards in the NFL with regard to domestic abuse, uh, owners misbehaving and owners using that kind of language. It just shows that Goodell works for the owners and his number one job is to make the owners money and protect the owners. I don't I don't understand how an investigation into Washington can wind up. I mean, like you said, rightly so, you should have gone for the stuff that he said. But how it I you can't I don't know. You can't just release the one thing that makes the Raiders look bad when it's an investigation into another team and then not punish the other team. Well, the Redskins, they're sorry, the Washington football team got fined $10 million. 
they'd make that in ticket sales and that's, hot dogs yeah, that's not a punishment that's nothing and so it came out longer does day-to-day operations because he gave it to his wife <laughs> yeah exactly so well great uh it came out basically because the emails were between bruce allen who was a friend of uh john gruden and he was the president at the time and that's where it was all bruce allen to john gruden uh, I've read rumors that there were other people CC'd in these emails and other people would get, should be uh, spoken about as well. I don't think it's the end of it. I think other stuff is going to come out. This is definitely not the end of it. But for one of the NFL's biggest personalities, if you like, to act this way, yeah, I just now think about everyone. I was like, well, is this what everyone else is saying? And if you're a player, if you think like Carl Nassib, who's the first, NFL player to come out and Gruden's like talking about how accepting and bringing them in etc etc and then you find out he says this in the background you're like oh great why am I bothering playing for this team and I know the coach is gone but I would be thinking as everyone else think the same thing but they all laugh at all the coaches laughing at me behind the scenes and saying what Gruden's saying so and when the emails are going out is when he was working for ESPN as well so ESPN Got on a bit of a, a fire as well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there um, about others getting caught up into it. A bit of a, a side one and a funny one I saw was uh, Adam Schefter um, talking with Bruce Allen. Apparently, to get like the the hot scoops and all the information kind of direct from the source, uh, he'd have to call Bruce Allen, Mister Editor, in all the emails in, in order to get kind of the, the, this personal information. And you have to really suck up to, to Bruce Allen. It's just been released and everyone's taking the mick out of him. I think that, though, it's a bit like Strictly Come Dancing Sunday show. Everyone knows it's filmed on a Saturday night. Yeah, ev- everyone everyone knows that Ian Rappaport, Adam Sheffner, and all the insiders, they're given this information and everyone knows who's given them the information. And it's sort of this whole, oh, he's got contacts. No, he hasn't. It's obvious who his contacts are and it's all sanctioned by the team in the league. So... You know, yeah. it's it's all bullshit, really. Yeah, it's just a news feed. You just tweet. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's no different than following an ESPN page or something along those lines. He gets told what to put out and just puts it out yeah. on his own account. But yeah, so that's the the, the big news. Uh, we'll touch on a couple of injuries as well. There have been some, I mean, at least one very important one. Uh, so Russell Wilson's Iron Man streak. Uh, I think I think the number was 142 or 147 games, uh, which I, I think straight from when he was a rookie. Um, he is now on IR uh, for six to eight weeks with mallet finger, which is when the ligaments in your finger go a bit funny and basically bends it. He can't use that finger, uh, so that streak is over and pretty much takes the Seahawks out of contention in that brutal division. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the biggest one with that finger. It's probably the only time I'm ever going to have anything in common with Russell Wilson because I had mallet finger when Simon hit me with a pass and it, I can't straighten that finger. You can't see it. You can't actually straighten it. It's quite wonky. So what happens is your finger, the ligament snap. So basically the top part of your finger just wobbles. So I was flicking my hand and the finger was going separately because there's nothing holding it in. <laughs> so it was, it was really hard. It, wasn't, it actually wasn't that painful. It just looked really weird. That I had this finger flopping about all over the place. Um, also within that division, George Kittle's been placed on injured reserve. Um, just a small stint, though, people think, with a calf problem. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been put on IR for a knee injury. Very happy I didn't trade for him off you, Tim. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Joe Thune has got a fractured hand, which is not good news for an offensive lineman. Uh, the Chiefs have really taken a beating here. Um, Tyreek Hill's also got an undisclosed knee issue. Uh, and uh, Travis Kelsey took a stinger at the end of the game. So really not good for the Chiefs. Uh, Daniel Jones has got a concussion. Uh, so he, he won't be playing next game. Uh, Saquon, this was a brutal one. He, he It's not a bad one. He's only got a lower ankle sprain, so it is only week to week. But me and me and Craig were what, um, kind of following it when we were driving back and just talking about how, how unfortunate it is because he's such a good player and he's so fun to watch. But it's just been a string of injuries. Um, Taysom Hill, another concu- oh, concussion. That's uh, three quarterbacks out. And also Juju Smith-Schuster um, dislocated his shoulder and had surgery onto it, so it's assumed he's going to be done for the season. Um, so quite a bad week, especially for the Chiefs. But yeah, it's it's not not a good look because there's some big players. Definitely. Um, the Daniel Jones one was particularly bad when he got back up and you could see him walking yeah. and he started to go wobbling. I'm glad he wasn't put back in because we've seen it before with Quarterbacks are clearly concussed. They come off on the sideline, they just get sent back in the next play. But that one looked particularly bad. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Giants, they've they've lost a lot of their players now. Uh, Golladay went out in that game. Sterling, Shepard and the other one, I think they're also out. Like, they, they've had a, a, a bad hand. Um, moving on to some more positive things, though, especially for Joe. Uh, let's go over our predictions from last week where Joe's got the, the season record. Uh, we've, we've just gone back and confirmed Craig did score 21 points. Really? To, yep. Yeah. Bloody so hell. Not, not a career, or not a not a record, but it's a season record. Uh, Tim, do you want to go over the, the scores from last week? Yeah, I think Joe deserves credit, though, for only getting one wrong. Yeah, fair uh, play. That's tough to do. So yes, he got a massive 19 points, and the only one he got wrong was Bears Raiders. They got two correct results, Eagles and the Ravens game correct. Uh, Adam, any other week would have been a brilliant week. He got 15 points. He got three wrong, and he got the Cardinals game spot on. Uh, Craig had 11, and I had 12. So it wasn't a bad week all round, to be honest with you, but fair play to Joe and Adam. So that leaves the current standings as uh, sorry craig is 53 adam 56 i'm on 59 and we have a new leader joe on 61 only eight points between top and bottom though that is a that's a good week for anyone okay uh let's fly straight into the games though uh thursday night football we've got a bit of a batter in here buccaneers and the eagles uh, this is my game, so let me scroll up. So, uh, Bucks come off a handy dismantling uh, of the Miami Dolphins, um, and pushes a Brady pastime. To be fair, uh, despite being upset only seventeen ten by the half, me and me and Craig watching like, wow, that's that's a pretty close game. Uh, Brady, this is his first time Brady has had a five touchdown, four hundred yard game, uh, which is. Mad considering this is 22nd season. Uh, he had 411 yards on 41 attempts, 30 completions. What's more nuts, though, is he went out with seven minutes to go and got the backup in. So he did this basically in three and a bit quarters. Uh, Antonio Brown caught two touchdowns for 124 yards. Um, Mike Evans also got two touchdowns and 113 yards. So that's just terrifying. Uh, Brady, as I said, didn't finish the game. Uh, Eagles come off a close win to the Panthers. 
and who have returned to earth after their little unbeaten streak at the beginning. Um, I was listening to the game very excitedly with Craig in the car, like proper pumping my fist whenever anything happens. Um, the first two and a half quarters were ugly for the, for the Eagles. Uh, they went down 15-6, uh, but a bit way through the third quarter, uh, the game really came alive. We uh, got our third interception, uh, I think, off of Stephen Nelson. Uh, we blocked a punt right by their, their end zone, which was fantastic, uh, and then developed a run game the minute we were up by three, which is always good to have. Uh, I mean, the only real hope we have here uh, is that Brady's thumb is worse than we think it is because it has been wrapped up at the end of that game, but everyone's saying it's fine. Uh, I'm not sure we can... I mean, we only just stopped the Panthers without Christine McCaffrey. Not going to show. We're going to do that with the Bucs. You've got about 1,500 different star players. Um, so, yeah, there's a Bucs have got a really good rush defence, as we know. Uh, the Eagles are probably going to be going back to the screen game to the dismay of all Eagles fans as the past three games have just been screen after screen. Uh, and Gannon is going to need to scheme up a very good uh, scheme uh, if we're going to have a chance to, to stay in the game of our offence. Uh, not confident in this injury wise. I did just see uh, Gronk's not playing, Levante David's not playing, which is big, uh, and um, Antoine Winfield Jr.'s not playing. So they, the Bucks are, get, especially in the defensive secondary, getting a few injuries, but they've still got enough power behind it all. Um, I just I don't think it's going to look well for us. Hopefully, Brady needs more than four days to recover as he's now an old man. Uh, but yeah, I'm sh- I don't see anything else but the Bucks whacking us. I've got the Bucks by fourteen. Yeah, I've gone Bucks by eight. Yeah, these Thursday night games seem to be a little closer uh, than you'd think. So I'm going Bucks by six. Yeah, I've gone Bucks by ten. Okay, uh, Tim, you are up next with the oh big game: Chargers at Ravens. Well, yeah, it's going to be a good game actually. So last week, the Chargers beat the Browns in a shootout, 42-47. The game had eight lead changes, four in the final 15 minutes, and there was a combined 41 points scored in the fourth quarter. Uh, Justin Herbert threw for 398 yards and four touchdowns, and Mike Williams had 165 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Austin Eckler scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. Um, The Chargers now haven't lost since they lost to the Cowboys. Uh, it's worth checking out one of Eckler's touchdowns. Uh, Cleveland actually pushed him into the end zone. He was trying to use up some of the clock, and then Cleveland obviously needed more time on the clock, so they pushed him in to score. Uh, Baltimore beat the Colts 25-31 Monday night with possibly the best passing performance I've seen from Lamar Jackson. Uh, he was 37-43, 442 yards, four touchdowns, and he also ran for another 62 uh, it wasn't as easy for Baltimore as it might appear. Baltimore needed 16 fourth quarter points uh, to take the game into overtime. Jackson's performance was uh, more impressive given that basically they didn't have Sammy Watkins. He got injured and I think it was the second quarter. So essentially he was relying basically on Mark Andrews, 147 yards, and Marquise Brown, who had 125 yards. So this one's a hard one to call for me. It's a close one. Both teams are four and one. The Chargers' offense is ranked sixth. The Baltimore offense is ranked ninth. Chargers' defense is ranked twelfth. Baltimore defense is ranked fifteenth. Uh, Baltimore need another good performance from Lamar Jackson to win. But Chargers, for me, they've got the best all-round team. So I've gone Chargers by three. Yeah, Chargers are my favorite team to watch this season so far. Justin Herbert's just—I mean, it helps. He's my fantasy quarterback, but he's just—he's just fun to watch. They're just like a, a fun team because. 
it looks like they didn't have too many expectations being behind the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have had this collapse and the, the, the division's very much there's the taking. Uh, but yeah, the, the Ravens have like that game was unreal, like proper, proper bum clinching time. And yeah, well done, Lamar. But I'll take the Chargers by six. Uh, I'm going Ravens by three. I'm going to back my own team there. Um, but just before we move on, I want to say that that Chargers game had the worst call I've seen this season. That PI call on the fourth and fourth play, like if you, you look at the video, there's photos flying around. Look at the photo, how that got called and slipped through is beyond me. Browns were robbed. I mean, you the reckon words. that was a worse call than the lateral that was called a forward pass on the Colts <laughs> fumble recovery. It was, if you look at the if you look at the photo, it's if if anything, it should have been the other way around. If they were going to call anything, like worse call, it's just unreal. How that got called, I don't know. Uh, um, I I think it's going to be a good game, but I have got charges to win by seven. I did pick up one. I saw something on um. Online earlier about Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar Jackson is 24 and has won eight Player of the Week awards. Only 26 players have more than 10 in NFL history. The youngest player with more Player of the Week awards than Lamar is 31-year-old Justin Tucker. So it shows just how good he is. Tucker as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I read somewhere like he completed like 83% of his passes and it's just crazy game. So... Mark Andrews as well, mate. Mark Andrews mm. had a crazy game, especially in that fourth mm. quarter. He had two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. And that Colts pick is looking sweeter and sweeter. <laughs> uh, Joe, you've got our next game. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs playing in Washington. Yeah, so surprisingly, these are two two and three teams. Uh, they're both in the bottom six as well when it comes to defence. So, this could be quite an offensive game. Uh, the Chiefs are sitting bottom of the AFC West after getting thumped by the Bills last week. You know, th- this was that was the AFC Championship game last year. And if you're telling me week five that this was going to be a complete turnaround and Bills thumping them, wouldn't have believed you. Um, as mentioned earlier, Casey, uh, they placed their running back, uh, Clyde edwards Hilaire, on injured reserve on Tuesday as he picked up a knee injury. That means that uh, veteran running back... Uh, Daryl Williams is probably going to get most of the workload and Jared McKinnon could be used as well just to switch things up. We mentioned that Kelsey and Hill got injuries, but they are both expected to play, uh, which is good because they're two of the most dominant forces in their positions in the NFL. When it comes to this series, the Chiefs lead this series 9-1, which is a lot more dominant than I thought they would have been. And they have won the last seven, which goes back to 1983. So the Washington have not won this since the 80s. This could be a high-scoring game. As I mentioned earlier, like the defences aren't that good. Washington has scored on an average of 24.6 points a game, which is 12th in the NFL while allowing 31 points per game, uh, which is 31st in the league, which is a real shame. We mentioned that the defence just hasn't got going and it's still yet to see any improvement. Positive for them on the offensive side of the ball is that Taylor Heineke's favourite target is Terry McLaurin, who is absolutely smashing it. He's got 29 receptions and 400 yards and three touchdowns. As I mentioned, Washington have struggled on third downs on both sides of the balls this season. Uh, when they have the ball, they've just converted, I think, 30% of their third down tries, and they've allowed their opponents to convert 52% of their third downs. So that's really where Washington have got to try and, and put the Chiefs away. But you know with Andy Reid that 
the Chiefs can just create things out of thin air. So I think this is going to be quite difficult. I do expect the Chiefs to bounce back. It was a hard loss for them. Mahomes probably had one of his worst games as a Kansas City Chief, I believe, throwing two picks in quite poor places. So, yeah, it is what it is. One of them, admittedly, was Tyreek Hill's fault. But, yeah, still goes down on Mahomes' record, unfortunately. I do think the Chiefs are going to bounce back. I think they're going to bounce back pretty heavy. I've got them to win this by 10. Yeah, I think Fergal mentioned that this is Mahomes' first loss that is over one, a one-score game, uh, which is yeah. pretty crazy. Uh, but yet, both whack defences, but if you've got to put your money on an offence, it's going to be Mahomes, so I'll, I'll take the Chiefs by eight. I've gone Chiefs by 14. I've gone Chiefs by seven. I think that defence is becoming a bit of a problem for them, but they've got such a strong offence, it's going to get them out of some games. <clears throat> Was it that photo of um, Sorensen and Farah Matthew when he's just got his arms out thinking, what are you doing? Yeah, that cracks me up. Yeah, the first Reddit thread I saw was just like, how can we cut Sorensen? Craig, we've got your game coming up. Vikings at the Panthers. Yeah, so it might have been against the winless Lions, but a win is a win at the end of the day. And the Vikings beat the Lions 19-17. to um, the week before that, uh, they were beat by the Browns 14-17. to 17. So as you can tell by them score lines, the Minnesota offense has been having a little bit of trouble last couple of weeks, um, scoring, uh, after scoring uh, at least 24 points in each of the first three games. So they started off really strong, not doing so well now. Uh, the Vikings, they're now going to have to take Carolina's quite tough defense. Um, they... They do have the weapons to do the damage there. It's just whether they can get it going and things can can start to click for them, especially if Dalvin Cook gets to play this week after sitting out last week uh, with an ankle injury. Even if he misses the Panthers game, no, the good thing is that Minnesota has got one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league in Alexander Matheson. Um, he rushed for 113 yards on 25 carries uh, against Detroit. Minnesota's defence can't be overlooked either, I guess, as well. Carolina's allowed eight sacks in the last two weeks, so it's clear to the, you know, it's clear that the Vikings pass rush could get there. Um, there is some some holes for them to make some plays defensively. Uh, the Panthers, they've hit a little bit of a rough patch after going three and out to start the season. They've now lost twice in a row. First to the Dallas Cowboys, 36 to 28 on the road, and then the heartbreaking in Philly. Um, that Adam was talking about, I guess, well, not so much a heartbreak here if you're an Eagles fan. Um, it was quite exciting to watch. I did enjoy it. Uh, Sam Dano played against the Eagles like he was back in the New York Jets. He passed for only 177 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions, uh, 21 for 37. Help could be on the way for Donald and the Panthers' offense as Christian McCaffrey could potentially play for the first time since suffering his hamstring injury in week three. Um, if he'll eventually do sit out again, then the Panthers could ask for Chuba Hubbard, which I've got to say is one of my favourite names, um, to carry on that rushing attack. Uh, the rookie running back, he had 101 yards on 24 carries, 33 receiving yards on five catches against the Eagles, so a decent performance. Uh, without the Vikings offence, has looked over the, you know, over the last couple of games, this game could see the Carolinas defence um, that's second in the league with just 17.4 points per game. Um, so far this season sort of really make a little bit of a, a resurgence and a comeback. Um, I've got the Panthers taking this one by three. Um, this one, I, I agree. I think the Panthers might just be the better team. Uh, 
But it could be close. The Vikings have shown good signs, but I've got the Panthers to win by six. I've also got the Panthers going by three. I have taken this a bit because we should just stop taking four teams in a row. But I also think the Vikings very much, as you've said, it's going to be a close game. I mean, I was not impressed watching the Panthers. Like, we're not a great team. And if we can put three interceptions on you and when win the game, I sh- that, that that Panthers offensive line is very troublesome. Um, yeah, just the, the I think this is going to be the Vikings game. I don't know why. I think, if, especially if Dalvin Cook plays, Jefferson and Thielen are really good. Uh, the Panthers D has taken a few injuries, so it's not as great as it was when it started the season when we showed them that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Vikings by seven. Okay, on to the next game, which is mine, uh, and it is the London game. So, uh, me and Tim are going to be watching this. Hopefully, Tim gets to enjoy it. He does get to enjoy a nice breakfast. Um, And Tua returns to the lineup to face Trevor Lawrence in London. Uh, So, as I mentioned before, the Dolphins got embarrassed by the Buccaneers. Um, Ask nearly any Dolphin fan right now, and they'll just say Brissett is not an exciting quarterback to watch. Uh, he's a little bit of a checked out machine, just doesn't allow that offense to kind of get anything moving or going. Um, so hopefully Tua's return is going to spark some in, uh, especially against this Jags defense, which is pretty porous to say the least. Um, hopefully we get to see J- uh, Jalen Waddle go off. He's shown he's got the the stuff, but the, the plays just aren't going his way. Uh, Miles Gaskin broke a three against the Bucks for 99 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. Um, defensively, they should be able to hold back a weaker offense like the Jags. Um, I mean, they've got Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Um, the Jags lost 37-19 to the Titans. Uh, Trevor had a mundane performance again uh, against the weak defense. Uh, 23 completions off 33 passes, 273 yards and a touchdown and an interception together. Uh, looking at the stats, James Robinson pounded it. Um, ground game, he got 159 yards and a touchdown off 18 carries. He's he's really put together a solid season. I think he's going to be a bit like Curry, um, not Curry, um, Nick Chubb, who was kind of unknown for his first one or two seasons. Then, like that, everyone was like, "Oh, he's actually a pretty staple of this offense." Um, I do think this game is going to be really fun and and really close because it is kind of two bottom of the barrel teams, but with kind of these shiny quarterbacks that they want to want to get better. Um, they, they've both shown they can hang around in the first half. It's typically in the second half when they when they they lose and get off the rails. Uh, kind of stats wise, the Jags have the slightly better offense. They average eighteen point six points a game to the Dolphins fifteen point five. Uh, granted, that is three games without Tua. Uh, both teams are just over 30 points a game. Um, as I mentioned, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard could look to make Lawrence struggle badly because they are very good cornerbacks. But the, the, the coaching just for the Dolphins, whilst we do like Brian Flores, it's just, it just it seems it doesn't look like it's working right now and it's a bit odd. Um, that being said, I, I think Trevor Lawrence, this is going to be his first game, his first big game. Uh, I mean, we got to see Pitt's first big game last week. What will be better than seeing the number one overall pick blast, blast them out? Uh, so I think Jags and Urban Meyer are going to need a win and they're going to get a win. So I will take the Jags by three. I've also got Jags by three. Um, I'm quite surprised. I thought I might have been on my own on that one. Mm. 
I was torn. I think it's going to be interesting, the crowd dynamics. Obviously, the Jags at home team are, a, you know, quite a well-supported team in the UK, but the Dolphins are also massively supported, yeah. so it's going to be a loud... Fun team. Yeah, so it's going to be good. I, I'm also going with the Jags. I just, I don't know. I've just got a feeling that they're, they've been building towards something and this might be the the part where it all goes together. So I've got Panthers by... No, sorry, Panthers, Jags by four. <laughs> Wrong big cat. Um, I'm surprised I'm on my own on this one. I've got the Dolphins by six. I think it's going to be the... My nice big breakfast that morning is going to help me cheer on the Dolphins along with Simon. So come on the fish or whatever. <laughs> fins up. That's it, fins up. Okay, so Tim, your next game is the Dallas Cowboys at the New England Patriots. Yep. So last week, Dak Prescott threw for three touchdowns on the anniversary of his nasty ankle injury at the end of the season last year, and a 44 20 win over the Giants. Um, it was a relatively easy win for the Cowboys. As we discussed, the Giants got hit with injuries to Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Uh, Prescott finished with 22-32, 302 yards. Zeke Elliott ran 110 yards sorry, and one touchdown. Um, C.D. Lamb actually had his best game since week one. He had 84 yards. Uh, the Cowboys now go 4-1, uh, already building a nice lead in their division. I think it's pretty obvious they're going to win that division. The Pats, on the other hand, made hard work out of beating the Texans 25-22. Mac Jones... I've got to say it, Joe, was outplayed by fellow rookie David Mills. Uh, Texans led 18-6 at half, uh, but scored 23 unanswered points from the third quarter to win. Mac Jones coming through when it mattered. After a fumble, going in for a second touchdown, Damian Harris hardly saw the field, which is the Belichick way of doing things. Doesn't help people that had him on his fantasy team. When he saw him going in early for that first touchdown, then he was going in for the second one. I thought, happy days. Then he didn't see the field after that. Um, so the Cowboys D's ranked 14th, Pats D's ranked 5th, Cowboys offense 2nd, Pats offense is 26th. So Cowboys are going to be too strong for the Pats. I've got them winning by 7. Uh, I agree with you. I've got Cowboys by 4. Yeah, when we were kind of keeping up to date on the scores on the car, Craig was like, it's 22-22. And I was like, what? Yeah, that was quite a comeback, right? Because it, I, yeah. I don't know, like it was, I was quite in shock at just how far you slipped to them. I was thinking, what the hell's going on? Yeah, especially against Davis Mills. But yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but the, the, yeah, like you said, Tim, this division's the Cowboys easily. They're just the com- the complete team compared to the other three dysfunctional ones. Uh, and yeah, annoyingly, Trayvon Diggs is really good, which is pissing me off. Uh, the Cowboys by 14. Yeah, the Cowboys are a serious team, I think, and the Patriots are really not. So I've got the Cowboys to win by 10, but wouldn't shock me if it's a lot more than that. Do we think the Texans aren't as bad as we all thought they were going to be? I, th- I think there is a bit of that. I think, I think, is it the expectations were so low? If they don't yeah. get blown out by 14 every game, everyone's like, oh, Texans... <laughs> they just had so much negative news piling on them because first it was the Sean Watson, then it was the coaches, and then it was like it, it just kept getting worse. But I was reading um, some comments by uh, Davis Mills, and he was like, "We're like we, we've got the team, we've got the spirit, which we, we're just in similar to like, the players a bit far away. Yeah, we're just that close to winning, and we're, we're going to get one soon." And yeah, like. The, they they could they I mean 
Davis Mills actually looks okay for a rookie quarterback. Like, it, I think it is just you say like they were, we we just all thought they were going to be bottom of the pan, but they they're not. I can't remember if I've mentioned it before, but someone's come up with a drinking game. Take a drink every time someone on the Texans. You don't realise they play for the Texans, right? Does he play for the Texans now? Oh, drink. Yeah, Danny Amendola's one of those. That caught, me, that caught me by shock. Uh, Joe, what have you got for this game? Oh, have you already said it? Yeah, I said we're going to get thumped. Okay. Just wanted to repeat. <laughs> uh, Joe, you've got Bengals at Lions next. Yeah, so Tigers versus Lions. You know, he's going to be the real king of the jungle. The Ooh. Bengals, they come into this matchup. Are their understandable favourite? They are three and two, but they could have been four and one have they taken advantage of some missed opportunities in their overtime loss to the Packers. It was a crazy game in Cincinnati uh, with multiple missed field goals from Crosby and McPherson. It, granted, it was an incredibly windy day. We've got a feel for McPherson. He hits it. It's going straight down the middle. He turns around celebrating, thinking it's gone through and it's obviously clipped the little flag and gone on the outside. Little bit awkward because he's going nuts and you've got the Packers in the background also going nuts. So it must have been quite a confusing few seconds for him. Uh, the Lions, however, are um, zero and five. Uh, they lost to a last minute field goal versus the Vikings. Positives for them is DeAndre Swift is looking better each week and he's pretty much fully established as a pretty decent scat back rushing and receiving last game for more than 100 yards. Cincinnati head to head on against the Lions. They are nine and three um, and they haven't lost to the Lions since the early 90s. <laughs> I've a, I've a really weird feeling uh, that this game will be a good game. Uh, both teams do excite me to a certain extent. I, I enjoy watching the Bengals and the Lions do interest me. They have had some flashes. Jamar uh, Chase has been a fantastic pickup for the Bengals. He's made massive plays week in, week out. He leads all rookies in both receiving yards and touchdowns. And among uh, all players, he is seventh in receiving yards and tied for second in touchdowns. So it's not just the rookies that he's blowing out the water. He's also taken out every other receiver in the league at the moment. Sunday, it could be a good opportunity for the Bengals to open up their passing game for uh, Joe Burrow. The Lions, they've allowed the highest average depth of target per pass uh, in the NFL through week five. So I think it's average of 12 yards a pass, which is pretty hefty. They've also allowed 840 air yards, the fourth most in the NFL. So for me, this one... I think uh, the Bengals should be fairly comfortable, but you never know. The Bengals did slip up to the Bears earlier on in the season. They do have a poor performance in them, but they're the surprise package this year of the NFL. And for me personally, I just want them to keep going on. So I'm confident in the Bengals. I've got them to win by nine. It just as a zoology student, lions come from the savannah, not the jungle, but we'll, we'll Oh, here we go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow is just so fun to watch. Like, I think I was saying to Craig, he's, he's just got that clutch kind of gene that you don't see too often. But when you see, you're like, oh, yeah, he, he's, he's fucking good. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if you're sticking it that close to the Packers in Lambeau, like, you, there's something there. Uh, I'll take the Bengals by nine. Uh, I, I'll take Bengals by four. I think, like little, might, I think it might be a little bit closer. You feeling maybe a Lions win there, Craig? Are you going to be defending the den? 
No, I'm not, I'm not confident enough that the Lions are going to take this game. I just think that the well, I'd like to think that they can stay in it. Like Joe said, though, I think it could also could be a game where the Bengals just fall flat and the Lions finally get their win. Yeah. The Bengals are a tough one to sort of really get a feel for. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I know they have that high-powered offense and they can just throw to Jamar Chase all night, but I don't know. The Lions are not as bad as I think some people make out, especially the running games. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at all the Lions' losses, they've all been... Close. Something worse than worse, like a record-setting field goal, uh, a last-minute touchdown like Yeah, it's really bad luck. But yeah, they've all been close games, so I think if they can, you know, if they can hang with teams that have sort of hung with so far, then they can definitely sort of hang with the Bengals. I think uh, Dan Campbell had a Tony Romo moment where he cried for his team because he was getting a bit emotional about it, which is our respect. Our respect. So, uh, Craig, you've got Helen's Packers at the Bears. Yeah, so like Josh just said, the Packers won what was a incredibly weird game in Week 5, scored in... Um, uh, 25 to 22 win in overtime on the road against the Bengals. Uh, Mason Crosby, like you said, missed multiple crucial field goal attempts, um, but did eventually drill the game winner in the end. Congratulations. Fourth time's the charm. Um, Adam Rogers, he finished with 344 passing yards and two touchdowns with an interception on 27 of 39 completions. Packers dealing with a few key injuries, but they show that they do still have depth to guide them to success and get there in the end. Chicago's defense should be a threat though to the Packers, but Rogers has historically dominated the Bears. Um, what what's another game to trust them um, to to lead the Packers into victory over a team that he's just sort of regularly victimized? Um, Rogers is twenty five and zero, just straight up twenty five and zero in his career against the Bears. Never, never lost to the Bears. Never lost to the Bears. Um, <laughs> which is quite an amazing start that, that surprised me. Um, in those games, he's completed 66.7% of his passes. He's averaged 240 yards um, in passing each in each of those games. He's had a, with a 6.9% TD percentage and a 1.3% interception percentage. So yeah, Rogers owns the base is what I took from that. Um, you know, and on the flip side of that, going on to the Bears, well, the Bears are actually on a little bit of a winning streak. Don't want to jinx it there, so touch wood and all that. But the Bears, yeah, they're finally sort of surprisingly on a little bit of a winning streak. It's not all doom and gloom there. They beat like um, they beat the Lions in week four, 24 to 14. And then they went to the desert last week um, and beat uh, the Raiders 20 to 9. Um, Chicago's defense carved up their car with three sacks and an interception. The Bears also held the Raiders to 71 rushing yards on 22 carries. Khalil Mack, will, he, he'll be looking to put a lot of pressure on this Green Bay line um, and sort of build on that performance, um, especially when Green Bay's line, um, I know they'd had a little bit of a reshuffle there. The Packers are, are banged up and they are missing some key starters, but Rodgers, he's got so many weapons on that offence to get the job done and he can throw to anyone, really. Um, I've got Packers taking this one by two. Mm. Um. I'm I'm still highly confident in the Packers. I think last week was a was a funny old game, but I think they're going to get back on track and and win fairly comfortably. I've got the Packers win by six. Yeah, I wasn't that impressed with the Bears, so I've got the Packers winning by ten. See, I have, this is the one game I couldn't pick just because the Packers had a bad performance and the Bears beat someone, so it's good for them. And like I don't know, I just think like offensively they are the, the Packers are depleted off uh, defensively. Like 
Jer Alexander's out. Kevin King's letting anyone throw over him. Like they are struggling on defense. And I don't know. I think the, the Bears have have been putting points on. But you you watched the Bears last week. What what did you think of them, Tim? Sorry, cut out there a bit. Uh, you you watched the Bears. What did you see? Not a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, they ran it quite well. Justin Fields was okay. It was just, I don't know what the Raiders' defense was doing. I don't know if you saw it. There's one third and 12 where the Raiders' defense basically put seven uh, defenders in a line on the first down line. And the Bears still managed to get the first down. It was that kind of game. Um, I wouldn't take too much about the Bears from it, to be honest with you. They did okay, but they didn't blow me away. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll join you, lads. I'll take the Packers by... Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Tim Confident here. Packers by nine. Okay. Uh, my next game, I have got the Los Angeles Rams going to the New York Giants. A uh, bit of a shorter one here, as for many reasons. Uh, Giants got whacked 44-20 by the Cowboys. Um, as you mentioned, lost a lot of their key players. Uh, bright spot was rookie Kadarius Tony, uh, who... Uh, went off for his first big game, really. Ten receptions, 189 yards, uh, one ejection and one helmet punch. Um, never understood why people try and punch each other in the helmets. Uh, but, yeah, he looked very good when he had the ball. He is mega shifty. But, yeah, I'm not sure it's a, a good look for him. Uh, yeah, saying that, he got those, those yards off, firstly, Daniel Jones and then Mike Glennon. So, yeah, he didn't have much thrown to him. Rams just look really good. We all saw it come in. They're four and one now. Um, Aaron Donald broke what Wilson's Ironman streak uh, with the finger. Uh, Robert Woods had a field day, 150 yards on 12 receptions. A lot to many fantasy players' chagrin. Uh, and the defence intercepted both Wilson and presumed starter Geno Smith. Uh, so this game is just going to be brutal, uh, simply put. Their offensive line's got to try and deal with Aaron Donald, and they've not been doing too great against people like that currently. Uh, Their one good receiver now has to deal with being covered by Jalen Ramsey. Um, and then you've got Stafford just throwing it to a couple of woods. Like, the, the Rams are just a very, very complete team right now, and the Giants come in as a wounded D again, shot again. Uh, I'll take the Rams by 17. I've gone Rams by 12. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit tempted to maybe up that margin a little bit. So what? <laughs> uh, no, you know what? I'll just keep it as that. Rams by 12. Um, I, I I think the Rams are very good. I wasn't blown away by them. So I, I'm just going to make it a little closer. I'm going to have the Rams win by seven. Craig's just convinced me to change mine. I've gone Rams by 14. I was going to say, I'm I'm tempted to up that from 12, to be honest. Um, but no, I'll just keep it as that. Save all the faff. Save the faff. If you get it now, I'll be fuming. Right, Tim, your next and final game is yep. your Raiders at the Broncos. Yep, I'll try not to go on too long about the Raiders in this one. Uh, so it was a bad week on and off the field for the Raiders. They lost 29 to the Bears for their second loss in a row after a 3-0 start. Uh, the Bears' defence overwhelmed the Raiders, uh, especially for me, the Raiders have got the worst offensive line in the NFL. 
Uh, if you haven't seen it, there's one clip that's broke down where they've got two, the centre and the left guard, I think it is, who block each other. And they don't even like running, it's not running each other, they're actually physically blocking each other. Um, with the horrendous run blocking, it's no surprise that the Raiders only managed 3.2, it is actually a surprise they managed 3.2 yards per run. Cars um, receivers were off all game, they were credited with four drops. Brian Edwards actually dropped an open field, easy touchdown. Um, all the early worries about the Raiders that I had, uh, they were masked by Carr in the first three weeks. I think they're showing terrible offensive line, no depth in the secondary uh, or other positions as well. The Broncos also lost the second game in a row. They lost 27-19 to the Steelers. It does go to show you some way to what I was saying, that if the Broncos are playing bad teams, they win, but put them against a half-decent team and they lose. Teddy Bridgewater, he did think, make things interesting. Uh, he threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and he had a throw with 11 seconds left that was intercepted that could have made it very interesting. So the Raiders' offense is ranked 20th. The Broncos is ranked 24th. Raiders' D, 17th. Broncos, 2nd. So with an interim head coach and everything that's been going on, traveling to Denver's not going to be good for the Raiders. So I've got the Broncos winning it by seven. Yeah, I just realised you actually haven't got a head coach, so I might up mine a little bit. I'll take the Broncos by eight. <laughs> what are you two guys thinking? <laughs> I, I, I have initially gone with Raiders, but I don't know. Like, listening to Tim sort of making me swing the other way, I'm not going to lie. You have to remember the most negative person about the Raiders is probably Tim. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them at least one more week. They've been through a lot. My hope is, is that they're going to come to the field and the team's going to unite and get behind each other and going to be like, right, ignore all the shit that's going on. Let's just, we control our destiny and they're going to slap the middle of the road. Okay, not particularly great Broncos. I love your enthusiasm, but I've got 25 years of Raiders experience knowing that's not how the script goes. You still got Derek Carr. You still got like mm. Waller. You still got Renfro. Like you've, mm -hmm. you've, you know, you've got Rogues. You still, you've still got players on that offense. If Carr can just get the ball off before they get through that offensive line, like you're in with a fighting chance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think I think Carr can carry this team another week. Uh, and I'm all, I plus I think new coach and things get thrown around. Sometimes players turn up, and I'm gonna bank on that. So I've got Raiders by three. And yeah, I've, I've gone Raiders by six, sorry. Just for the listeners who, may, who won't have seen this, uh, when I think it was first thing Monday morning, I woke up, checked the scores, go check the predictions. Uh, I flicked across from week five to week six. And the, like, the sheet doesn't get filled in until like maybe midday or Wednesday. And the first thing Monday morning, <laughs> the was blank, except Broncos by seven. <laughs> <laughs> And it proper cracked me up that you'd just gone for losing this and just came on to put yeah. that in. <laughs> I really had a good laugh out of that. Um, moving on, Joe, uh, your next game, you've got the Seahawks at the Steelers. I do. So this is the Sunday night football game. Uh, Steelers got their season back on track last week after previously having lost three games in a row uh, when they beat an injury-ridden Broncos team, which is another reason why I think the Raiders might win. Um, they get another favourable matchup this week as they face a Seahawks team travelling from the West Coast without their star quarterback, Russell Wilson. 
and old Gino Smith is going to be stepping in. Uh, for the Steelers, uh, Najee Harris had easily his best game of his young career with 23 catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. Chase Claypool returned after missing a game and had five catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. However, as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, Juju Smith-Shooter, uh, wherever his name is, is had a season-ending injury um, and linebacker Devin Bush left with a groin injury and his status for Saturday is still in question. The Seahawks had what was a disappointing loss to the Rams, uh, especially losing Russell Wilson, uh, the man that carries the team, really. Geno Smith looked pretty good after stepping in. He nearly led the Seahawks to a win, uh, but unfortunately couldn't do it. And there is a clear gap between him and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson being one of the top five quarterbacks in the league and facing Pittsburgh's talented defence on the road is not going to be easy. Smith is going to be making his 32nd NFL start uh, and he is 12 and 19 in his previous 31. His last start was in 2017 with the Giants. So it's been a fair few years for him. Uh, Chris Carson missed week five with a neck injury and is questionable for, ball for this one. When it comes to the other side, Seattle's defense, uh, I mean, it's on pace to allow an NFL record amount of yardage. They're currently last in the league. They've averaged giving 450.8 yards per game. That defense is dreadful. So because of that, I think the Steelers are, this could be a turning point. They could really get their season back on the way going. I think they're going to thump them. I've got the Steelers by 12. Yeah, I don't know whether to go like the Steelers are going to whack them or the, they are both going to struggle and the Steelers are ultimately just have a quarterback. So I'll take the Steelers by 10. Yeah, I've gone Steelers by eight. I've kept mine low. I've gone Steelers, but I don't like what I've seen from the Steelers. And I know Seahawks haven't got Russell Wilson, but I'm keeping it low. I'm keeping Steelers by six. Okay. Great. Oh, Craig, you're all done, aren't you? Oh, you've got one more. You've got, oh, this is a juicy matchup. Cardinals, yeah. Browns. It's a spicy meatball. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what, what that was and where that came from. Um, the Cardinals, yeah, they're going to be looking to add another win um, and keep building on that strong 5-0 start. They are the only undefeated team left this season. Can they make it another week? I guess we'll find out. Um, they have won four of the last uh, five road games. Carla Murray's currently completing 75% of his passes, uh, 1,512 yards, 10 touchdowns and four interceptions. DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, they've both combined for 595 receiving yards and six touchdowns, while Rondale Moore has 21 receptions. The, the Arizona Cardinals ground game, they're averaging 128 yards um, per game at the moment, and Chase Edmonds leads the way with 270 yards on 49 carries. Defensively, Arizona will uh, allow a 19 points a game um, and 353 yards per game on average. Um, but a Baker leads the Cardinals with 36 tackles at the moment. Chandler Jones has got five sacks and Byron Murphy Jr. has got three interceptions. Um, on that side of the ball, they have looked good. Um, I think they deserve to be undefeated at the moment, I would say. Um, but they are going up a very good Browns team that I think is going to be very pissed off after last week. Um, the Browns are going to be looking for that big statement win that they need this season. Um, they've won three of the last four games. 
Um, Browns have won five of the last six home games. Baker Mayfield, he's completed 66% of his passes for 1,240 yards, four touchdowns, two ints. Dave Njoku and Kareem Hunt, they've combined for 409 yards and one touchdown, while Rashad Higgins has racked up 11 into eight receptions. The, the Browns ground game, will I mean, it's doing really, really well at the moment. Nick Chubb, he, he leads the way. He's got 523 yards and four touchdowns. Um, defensively, Cleveland, they're only allowing 22 points per game, about 300 yards a game. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, Miles Gary's on seven sacks. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's what you'd expect. Solid D, solid offense. It's just two good teams going at each other. Um Arizona Cardinals, they're currently top 10 in every major offensive category at the moment. Um, and they've already won three times on the road. Like I said, the Browns, they've sort of flashed and shown promise so far this season in a lot of their games. Um, they're currently first rushing offense and second in rushing defense. Um, Browns, they've, they've got the potential to finally turn the corner this season. But um, I think it's important to note that three of the teams that they have beat, their combined records are six and nine, which is what sort of tipped it for me. Um, I'll need a little bit more convincing before I jump on that bandwagon. I've got Cardinals by seven. Yeah, because like if you just kind of glance at it, you're like, yeah, the Browns could win that. But if you dig a bit deeper, like, yeah, the, the Browns D-line and run game is, uh, as you said, one, one of the best. But then you look at their secondary, I think they're struggling with injuries in their secondary. And they've got to go against the front runner for MVP, throwing to AJ Green, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore, who's a a rookie wonder man. And Kirk. Like, and Kirk, yeah. My big thing is I know Chandler Jones has just been placed on the COVID list, so he might not be playing. Okay. And without him, they're they are even with JJ Watt, I think they're going to struggle with the Browns run game. But I, I think the where the Cardinals are are, are weaker. Yeah, like the, the I was gonna say the Browns passing game as well. Without Landry, I feel like they struggle a lot because like for whatever reason, Baker and Odell just haven't got that chemistry. And like if they're thrown towards our secondary, which is that Buddha Baker's doing really well. They've got Isaiah Simmons. Oh, yeah. I'll stick with my pick. I'll take the Cardinals by seven. Yeah, I think for me, this if you look at it, you do think, oh, you know, this is the game that the Cardinals could lose their unbeaten streak. But I don't know. I think Kyle Murray's just playing so well at the moment that I think he'll have the edge for them. So I've got a Cardinals win by four. I think it's going to be a close game. And I have actually gone for the Browns by three only because the Cardinals can't go unbeaten all seasons. They're going to lose eventually. I've got a couple of interesting facts about the Browns from last week. So up until last week's game, there were 401 instances where teams won if they scored 40 points and didn't turn the ball over a single time. This was the first loss of a team that had 40 points and didn't turn the ball over. It was the second time a game had finished 47-42. The last one involved the Browns. There you go. You were also oh. robbed by the ref. <laughs> <laughs> and that Browns run game is absolutely fierce. Yeah, like oh. chunt, chunt, chunt is a force to be reckoned with. Oh, it's, tough. T- it's tough, isn't it? I came in here thinking, yeah, definitely Cardinals. And I'm like, uh, Tim's point of they're going to lose at some point. That's really literally is. what you said. You're like, they're going to lose at some point. I was like, they are going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so until they lose I'm going to pick whoever's playing the Cardinals every week <laughs> no I'm sticking I'm sticking yeah yeah got a feeling I was hoping yeah. I was going to be low more for that one then I was like nice one Tim 
Okay, uh, next game, I've got the... Okay, yeah, I've done the Ukraine. Uh, I've got the Texans at the Colts. Uh, so, uh, Craig updated... Yes, this is the one. Craig was updating me with the Texans' pass scores, as I said. And, uh, yeah, really shocked that the Texans were, were doing that well to Bill Belichick, who's famous for killing rookie quarterbacks. Um, fortunately, Mac used a 15-yard, 85... 15-play, 85-yard drive in the fourth quarter. That was a really nasty rough in the passer on that as well, uh, which allowed you to draw the game and get the, the kick. Um... With three sacks and a fumble, uh, the, te- the Texans didn't throw an interception, essentially, which isn't what you expect when you're playing the Pats, especially a, a, with, with a rookie quarterback. Uh, so I, th- I think that shows something that Davis Mills has got something there. Uh, the Colts, on uh, the team as a whole, they are, they're staying in games that no one was expecting to stay in. Uh, so it's, it, it's impressive to say that uh, impressive for them. Uh, Colts, on the other hand, come off a crushing loss to the Ravens. Uh, Lamar uh, completed 96, I think Lamar had 96% of the total yards for your team, which is just inhuman. Um, uh, went through for 402 yards, 25 completions on 35 throws, two touchdowns. And it was very much a game that Carson looked really good. He, he was pulling the upset out of the bag. Um, he was directing that offense, and then of course uh, Lamar Jackson happens. Um, Darius Leonard on the defense is kind of showing that he's probably the best linebacker to put on a shifty quarterback because he did really, really well, um, including that weird lateral play that wasn't a lateral; it was a forward pass which went for a touchdown. But yeah, all of me, the, the the game is the game. Uh, honestly, this matchup, I, I I think it's going to be more exciting than we think because. As I said, the Texans are showing fight in every single game and it's a divisional matchup. Um, that being said, the Colts are on a huge slump uh, recently, d- despite good play from the team. It's the things I'm seeing is the Colts are deserving these wins and Carson looked good for them, but for whatever reason, they're getting beaten. Um, but I think that the Colts are going to be out for blood. Uh, they, they, they really need to start getting some wins because the division's within reach. Um, I mean, the Titans just lost to the Jets, so there's very much the the the, the playoffs to play. Uh, but yeah, home game against the division rival is a, a good situation to maybe shift that momentum for your team. Uh, so I'll take the Colts by ten. Yeah, I've also gone Colts by ten. Yeah, um, I'm also going to go with the Colts. I think they will just sneak by though with four. Yep, and I've got a Colts by eight. Okay. Uh, to wrap us up, Joe, you've got the Monday night football game. Bills at Titans. Yeah, so a decent game, actually, this uh, for Monday night football. The Bills, for me, are the best team in the NFL, and I think they're the best team at the moment. But I would say by quite a way, I know the Cardinals record shows it, but I just think this Bills team are, are absolutely flying. They rattled off their fourth straight win uh, with a 38-20 victory over the Chiefs in Kansas City on Sunday Night Football in Week 5. The matchup was highly anticipated as a rematch of last year's AFC Championship, uh, but was largely controlled throughout by the Bills as the Chiefs were unable to get within one score the entire second half. Uh, Quarterback Josh Allen, uh, he was 15 for 26, so not massively great completion percentage, but he threw for 315 yards and three touchdowns, two of which were caught by Emmanuel Sanders. So it's nice to see him make an impact in that Bills team. 
Allen is showing that the poor week one performance versus the Steelers was just a small bump in the road and they are going from strength to strength. The Titans, on the other hand, uh, they kept the Jacksonville Jaguars winless uh, with a 37-19 road victory in week five. Tennessee was led by running back Derek Henry yet again, who recorded his fourth consecutive game with more than 110 yards. So if you thought this might be the year where Derek Henry... Um, his workload was getting too much and it was going to make an effect on his game. You, you were wrong. Uh, the man is still absolutely flying. Tennessee leads this all-time series uh, with Buffalo 29-19, which includes a 42-16 victory in week five last season. In fact, I think it's a, uh, a year ago tomorrow. And that was the game that included that uh, very famous Derek Henry stiff arm from last season. Yeah, absolutely put him on the floor. So we might see something similar this time. I think this is going to be an offensive bloodbath. I think that Bill's defence is really starting to get into its groove now. It was fantastic last week. Titans' defence still isn't quite there. And I think when it comes to a shootout, I'm backing Josh Allen and the Bills every day of the week there. So, yeah, I've got the Bills to win this one and I've got them to win pretty majestically by 19. You see Josh Allen hurdle as second full-grown man. <laughs> yes. Like, he's so, so athletic. He's nuts. He's quality. Um, yeah, I agree. Bills by 17. I've gone a little bit lower. I've gone Bills by 14. And I've gone even lower, even I've just upped it. I've got Bills by 10. The Titans' defence is you pretty tight. It's not very good. Bad. Yeah. Like, and the fact they've just put 18 on the Chiefs, like... And Tannehill yeah. still isn't going yet. I, do, I just, as I say, it's going to be a offensive shootout and I just don't think there's many worse teams you I can mean, try that against. You probably should mention as well, it doesn't help Julio Jones and AJ Brown are out for the Titans. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think even with them in, I don't think it would make too much of a difference. If they are a different team with them on though. Like it really opens up the game. Yeah. Uh, but that's the scores. I mean, the, yeah, the scores for each game. Let's, Check into our bold predictions. Tim, do you want to start us off? I will. Derek Carr will be sacked over five times. You're just a masochist at this point. I am. I'm just being negative this week. I'm really sorry. Um, I'll go next. I've gone down a similar vein. I've got Bears to get five plus sacks against the Packers. I just think, like, are the Bears playing the Raiders? (laughs) No, Bears Bears are playing the Packers. Uh, I've got Tua and Trevor Lawrence to combine for at least six touchdowns through through the air. That's more positive. Come on. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it on the game that I want to be excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I've got Joe Burrow to throw over 350 yards and throw four or more touchdowns. No one's got their bold prediction in yet. Could this be the week? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let us know what your ball predictions are, what you think we're, we're wrong at, what you think the scores are going to be. Uh, anything else that we need to touch on before we get off, boys? Uh, actually, shout out to uh, NFL lads. Uh, we saw them at the game. That's right, uh, yeah. Made your, your helmet, didn't they, Craig? Yeah, the one that's behind me. The, there it is there, just above my hand. Um, yeah, they sat just behind us in the, the funky suits. Um Nice bunch of fellas, yeah. Uh, so if you are at the London Games as well, uh, me and Tim are going to be there. We'll be posting on the social media. So if you do want to hang out with us, just let us know. 
you can find us on all our social medias where joe yeah twitter and instagram is at tafs underscore uk and our facebook is that american football show uh, don't forget to check out our YouTube as well. Uh, if you haven't heard of the ELF uh, and you do want to, you can maybe flick back through our stuff and some of our interviews. Uh, but some really exciting stuff there. Uh, make sure you go over Lockdown Lids. They're still getting good stuff on there. If you want to get any NFL merchandise that we all have, uh, then uh, have a look on there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We do really appreciate it. Uh, leave us any feedback that you've got. If you want to chat with us, we are always always got our messages open. Uh, but anything else before we, we set off, boys? All right, let's if you go. are going to Wembley, have a good good weekend. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you head over and check out our friends at EP Sports for any of your NFL or equipment needs. And we will see you next week.